Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. 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 And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. I would think the next thing I can come up with is standing to pee, STPs, because men's rooms have lots of urinals, not a lot of stalls, and being able to stand to pee is very helpful. Yes. But it's all very interesting to me because it's like a a new... Experience. It is. That's the word I'm looking for, experience. (laughs) It's a whole new experience and it's very interesting. Yeah. Because I don't know what will happen. Right. It's going to be something. And what else have you noticed about men's spaces? Like you mentioned that mirrors and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you use a lot of men's rooms and over the course of a day, like at work, you travel a lot. I do. And I I try to pick men's rooms that are going to be easy to get to. And just like when I was looking for a restroom in general, would be the cleaner facilities around town. Typically, what I found, and this part won't be a shock to anybody, is where I would find a clean women's room in the past, that there is not necessarily a clean men's room. No. No. Whoever's cleaning the women's room is cleaning it. Whoever's cleaning the men's room hasn't been there in a few weeks. (laughs) So, But the other thing that I mentioned to you that was interesting is, which men's rooms don't have mirrors. Lots of them. Women's rooms always have mirrors unless you're in like the uber ghetto. And then they have a metal mirror. Right. Or there's usually a sign saying out of order repairs or something like that. That used to happen a lot in the neighborhoods where I grew up. So where you would typically find the place for the mirror Mm -hmm. in another restroom. Right. A lot of men's rooms. It's just a wall. It's just the wall. There's no mirror Mm-mm. because you guys don't care what you look like and you're probably just going to break it anyway. So, right. I mean, women, I think even in some of the, like you said, more ghetto places, they're not going to break the mirror. They still want to see what they look like. Mm-hmm. There's just no mirror in a lot of these places. So now I'm very curious when I go somewhere and I say, oh, there's no mirror. Or there's a mirror. Sometimes I still want to give that report to somebody. Like if I go in a men's room at a fast food restaurant or a store and there's no mirror in there and I want to come out and say, there's no mirror in there to somebody because it's weird to me. You know, I spent many, many years going into the other restroom, which always has a mirror. Even if it's just a piece of polished metal because you're in the wrong neighborhood, there's still something that the women can look at themselves and fix themselves up in. Yeah. Not so for a lot of men's rooms. So kind of nuts to me. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of crazy, but I I don't know. I never would have thought. And so you experimented with a number of different devices and found one or two that work for you. I did. And it's great. It's really great to just walk in and pee and leave because it makes life easier. It does. There's lots of reasons to stand to pee. They're, you know, they fit all fit very differently. So I tend to fit them around my schedule. Yes. So, for instance, a shorter day, I will wear a, an STP like the, the Peacock mm-hmm. because it's a perfectly comfortable STP. And if you mm-hmm. weren't going to use it as an STP, but just as a packer, it's really comfortable. But to wear it all day as an STP, for me, on one of my longer days, which could be, you know, 11 or 12 hour work day, right. not including travel and stuff like that, mm-hmm. 
It's a little too uncomfortable. The peacock, the the material against your skin yeah. for that long. Yeah, just a little bit too, can, a little too moist and. Yeah, too there's much no no room to breathe. Yeah. No, well, no breathing. Yeah, let's yeah. just put it that way. And uh, so on another day, I might wear some other packing type thing, like even if it's just material like sock or, or you know that type of soft thing, mm-hmm. and bring with the homemade STP, which I found more and more is a viable option, mm-hmm. even fairly uh, stealthily done. Yes. So that might be on a longer day because mm-hmm. that's more comfortable. And then, so oh. on another day, I might, like if I have Tai Chi, I might wear the Sailor. Yeah, Sailor. That one that I bought for swimming mm-hmm. can actually be more comfortable with the swimming jock strap than it can with the harness thing that comes with it. Mm-hmm. The harness thing that comes with it is kind of convenient because if you do need to go sit down, which, you know, if you have to go and it's not STP, which it's not, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's not in the way. Yeah. However, it kind of sticks out like you've got three tennis balls in the front of your pants or something. Yeah, the sailor, it kind of, it works best if you pack it up. If you can, and you're not a packing up kind of guy usually, well, it, so it's... it doesn't, yeah, it's not going to It's stay. really big. Other guys were talking about different types of STPs online and you were yes. having some reactions to what they were saying. Yeah, this one guy I know, um, he, he posted a question about, you know, this is my trouble with STPs and... I have a peacock or something like that. And, and one of the guys, for a more practical approach, said, you know, you really have to hold it back mm-hmm. far enough. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the things. And he had made a, a YouTube video on mm-hmm. it. So the- there's always the issue, too, of... of men's room problems in general. The, yeah. gr- the gross men's room issue. Which you, you don't always want to go in and sit down? No, you don't. No. You know, especially not like at a park one or something. I really usually... Not cleaned often enough mm-hmm. if they could be. I don't know. Yeah. And in that case, even if you could have a STP that you could use comfortably in the stall, that can be an advantage. Well, that's good. And like that, I think the, the homemade one is good if you're just trying to avoid the germs. Mm-hmm. Because even if you can't, you know, maneuver it stealthily and you know that other people would be able to see you playing with a piece of a milk jug. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, in the stall, it still saves you from having to touch anything. Pretty much. Ugh. Another highlight, which I, I know I had watched in YouTube videos, guys talking about, and thought that's cool, but didn't realize how cool it would be, was my clothes fitting better. You, more often than not, shopped in the men's section of department stores, and at some department stores, they have what's called a young men's section, which is... Men's sizes, but in teen body cuts, not quite as much expectation of being filled out by an adult musculature. Right. And you'd still shop in those sections some, but at the time, you were having me fold up the cuffs of all your short sleeve shirts because they didn't look right around your scrawny estrogen arms. No, they didn't. Related to your testosterone and being just over two years on testosterone now. Things change anyway. Yes. Things that you don't think are changing, change. We had to go and buy you new button shirts. Yes, because my neck doesn't fit in the other shirts. You you cannot button the top button. You could wear a tie, but it would look funny. I couldn't button that button at all. (laughs) 
The shirt started to look a little funny, even though I didn't need to button them because there wasn't enough space there. Like the way the collar laid, I was looking funny. So we had to go buy a couple shirts that in case I do have to wear a tie. Yes. I have a shirt that I can button the collar around yes. my neck. And it happens a few times a year that you have to wear a tie. Right. Thankfully, not all the time. No, but I wouldn't want to run out at the last minute and try to find one because I still have short arms. You do still so have short arms. I have like the medium large size neck <laughs> and the smallest arms that they make yes. on that size shirt. Yes, you do. Fortunately, it fit fine. Well, it fit fine when you get the slim fit shirt. I have to have a slim fit shirt. Yes, this is true. Because that is a couple inches smaller around. Otherwise, around the rib cage in the midsection. Otherwise, you could fit another quarter of me inside of the shirt. That's or not the rest attractive. of my, my neck would fit there. <laughs> you know. No, it yes. would be wrong. Yeah. Can't, can't and so thing. you went and you tried on all these shirts and... We did try on some of the regular cut shirts for not the slim fit. I have before. I didn't this time. You didn't this, this time? This time I looked up which brands at that store near our house had slim fit, and I went to those sections and found the slim fit and tried them on. Uh-huh. I wanted a less expensive shirt than the other ones I had bought because the other ones I had bought on clearance, so they were way cheaper than they usually are, like, I want to say like a $60 shirt, and I'm not paying for that ever. So usually when they go on sale, they're half that, and then when they go on clearance, they're half that. I was glad to find shirts that fit. Yes. I I put it on. Because my shoulders have gotten bigger, even though I'm still this really small person. Yes. (laughs) My shoulders fit in the shirt, and the arm was the right length. Mm Mm-hmm. Because part of the arm length on the men's shirt is that side of the shoulder from Uh the neck. And anyhow. Generally, you buy a button shirt, an Oxford cut shirt with two measurements. One is the neck, and one is the arm span measured from the spine. Yes. And previously, half of your shirts had been a narrower neck in a men's slim cut size, and you still had a couple shirts, I think, that were a bigger boy's size that we had bought you during the wedding, maybe? Yes, because my wedding shirt was a boy's size, but that shirt hasn't fit in a while. No. I don't even know if I can get my arms in there, let alone my shoulders and my (laughs) neck. That's great. Yeah, it would be kind of funny. It would be. So it's funny to me in a good way. There's and lots of things that are funny in not good ways. So Oh, gosh. My neck getting bigger is funny in a good way. It me. is. I like it, it is. I'm yeah, glad. So. I did end up getting bigger shirts because my shoulders got bigger and so forth. So the way my clothes fit, I like the way that looks, you know. Yeah. It feels right. That's good. So I enjoy that. I've got to get dressed for court, which is fine. I have a suit for court Mm -hmm. and I have ties and I bought some new shirts and I put them on and they don't fit my neck again. And you bought these shirts not too long ago, specifically because they did not fit your neck, like not even, what, six, seven, eight months ago, less than a year ago. Six months or less ago, I bought a couple of inexpensive shirts. I mean, I can wear them to work anyway, but with a tie, there was one shirt in my whole closet I could wear with a tie and it didn't go with my suit. I can wear a shirt and tie to court. That's okay. But because I had to buy the shirts with the bigger neck, they're a little bit bigger around me. And for some reason, I was just feeling a lot of anxiety about who I am as a trans person being put on the spot by a bunch of crazy people, including the guy sitting behind the bench. The anxiety was, was up. And I thought, what can I do? 
Mm-hmm. What can I do? Nobody knows. I'm just, to them, I'm just some guy. And see, at that point, I would feel like some kid dressing up in their dad's clothes. Yes. Like, oh, this is too big for me, and I'm just walking around pretending to be... And it's not too big for me, but in in my mind or in my the feeling of my body... You feel that it's a little loose here and a little I loose feel, there, and you think, ah... I feel a little bit wrong, and I feel anxiety about other situations, <laughs> and, and this just comes to the front every once in a while, being a trans person and dealing with yourself. And so, in, in trying to deal with this, I know... Okay, just think to yourself, what's going on here for yourself? And try to figure out how to best cope with it. Okay, what's going on for myself is, I know that I feel like I don't fit right now. Okay, why don't I fit? Well, my clothes are a little wrong. I don't have what I expect I needed to step into this situation. I don't feel prepared for the situation anyway. I don't want to be there in at least three different ways, exponentially. <laughs> And so what is it about that? Like, what do I know about myself that I can help to cope with this? And, and this, this is where it started to get helpful. And this is where you started being your own therapist. Well, I, I, you have to, you have to know how to do that. And yeah. If you've gone to your own therapy, you learn some coping mechanisms. Yes. And there had, you know, there's other things that were making life stressful at that moment. Right. But I can feel this in my body, this anxiety. So I think, okay, I am this person who is a trans person, and I'm okay with that. And if everybody else isn't too effing bad, what can I do to make myself own that? Because that's the thing about being a whoever you are. And for me, I'm a queer, and I'm a queer because I've been a queer for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And I was a lesbian who was a guy who had to be a lesbian. And, and now I'm this guy who was a lesbian, but I wasn't. And how I feel as that trans person and by owning that queerness and welcoming it, because I do really like my queerness. It's, it's helped me grow as a person in so many. I would be the biggest asshole as just some cis straight guy. I would because of the situation I grew up in. I would not be maybe even alive right. like my dad wasn't at this time in his life. Right. You know, so so I know these things. And plus, I really, I embrace that queerness of myself. So one of the things that used to help me as a lesbian guy was to find a way to embrace that fagginess or whatever was going on for me of, ha ha, I'm this person and you don't know it. Yeah. So here's what I did. Now, I'll play this for you because you can cut it out and you can you can paste it in. But I thought, you know, there's something that makes me very happy when I see it. And it's totally about what's going on for me right now. Mm -hmm. That is this song that has the video. And I stood outside the courthouse and played this song for myself. And I was as happy as could be about it. I was very happy. And it, it made me feel better because I could watch this video. I'm outside playing this video and I'm just as happy as can be because I'm like, this is me. There's this queer person and this is like a queer video because there's these guys and they have their lipstick and they're very masculine, but they're kind of not. And, and that's how I feel. I feel like this guy who wasn't allowed to be a guy. So I have this other part of me and sometimes that makes me feel anxious, but I love it at the same time. And 
Being tired of being anxious about this one-shirt phenomenon, I went to the men's warehouse. Yes. Where men buy things. From a warehouse. Yes. Can't be a shirt place. It has to be a warehouse. Can't be, you know, the suit store. No. No, it's the warehouse. We're in We're in America. We have better have a warehouse. <laughs> so, I, but I, I thought, well, I'm a short guy. I've already gone to the department store finding a shirt for my fat neck and my shortness. Yes. I went there and they fitted me for a shirt. So that was a bizarre thing because I'm, you know. Did they have you strip completely or did they leave you in a t-shirt or what? They basically let you call the shots. So I'm trying to figure out when I get there, like, how does this work? This is the trans thing. I'm, I'm in the man's place. How does this work? I'm just going to watch what they do. So I go in. They say, yes, sir. How can we help you, sir? There's always a lot of sirs. Ladies don't get that. And when they do, it's not like... It's it's ma'am, and that's a very it's, different It's not thing. authoritative. No. It's not, you're in charge of us. We shall do what you, you say, master, you know? Yes, and it, in the South, I have family in Texas and in the panhandle of Florida. And across those areas, ma'am is a much more deferential term. Yes. But out here in the West, ma'am is condescending. Well. But you got sir. I'm sir. Yes. How can we help you, sir? I need a shirt. Let me get someone to help you with that, sir. And the lady comes over. See, she's a lady. Yeah. The woman comes over. <laughs> and uh, she's going to help me. And I say, I need a shirt. I'd like it to be white. I just need a shirt for court because they ask you, what, what's the occasion? Because, again, being even though I'm a man in the man's place, it's just like being when I'm at the flower stand and they, they are certain that you do not know what you're doing and they need to know the occasion to make sure you are getting the correct flowers or shirt or whatever it is you're getting because you could be getting the shirt and getting the wrong occasion. Shirt, flowers, socks, shoelaces. You're a man. They better help you. <laughs> so I say I, I need a shirt for court because I need to wear a tie and my other shirts are too small right now. Okay. She measures me. I think, good. She measures me. She goes, gets a shirt. She's telling me about shirts and, and she hands me one to hold while she looks for the other shirt because it's two for one. I'm like, great, because these are expensive. And I could ask for a cheaper shirt, but then they can't alter it because cheaper material is harder to work with. Okay. It won't alter the same way. So anyhow, the point is they're two for one. And under my suit, it won't matter. But if I want to wear one without a suit jacket and not sweat like a pig, which I do anyway, at some point, I'm going to want an altered shirt. She measures my neck. She hands me the shirt. It says 15 in the collar. I say to her, hey, my shirts at home say 16, and I cannot get them to button around my neck. And she looks at me, and she says, well, that's odd because I measured you. So how about you just try it on? Because I'm a man. I need help, obviously. <laughs> and let me see. I try it on, I show her it won't button. She says, wow, that's weird because is Did it you your shoulders? And she's looking at my shoulders like, Point no. out that you have a neck injury. No, no, it's not that. Oh. I'm not sure what it was. Maybe she measured too high and my neck is thick where it needs to button. In any case, I showed her. She said, oh, like, okay, we can believe the man now. <laughs> and, uh, and she gets me a 16 and I'm thinking... It might fit because the other one almost closed. And I'll try it on because although I am a man and I am sir and I am in charge of everybody, I'm not really in charge of what's happening because I'm a man and I need help. So That's kind of how it works. Yes. So she gives me the 16s. I say, okay. I try it on and I can get the 16 to button. And I say, okay, well, could be the department store shirts are different. Could be they've been washed and dried. I'm going to go home and measure those suckers because I want to know what's going on. So she says, okay, well, and we can alter the if you want and make it so the arms are not so big around and you're not fluffy, which is what I was having an issue with with the other shirt. I was fluffy. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be billowing. 
This is not the Renaissance. <laughs> you don't need a puffy shirt. No. Okay. There's no frills, on the, and I don't want that either. <laughs> so so I get my shirt. I decide I'm wearing my TARDIS tie because I can wear my suit. And if I button the suit jacket, nobody can see the TARDIS tie unless I unbutton it. The TARDIS is at the bottom of the tie. Yes. I'm all happy. The TARDIS tie ties very easily for me as a short guy. Sometimes I have to do a double knot because I need the tie to come out shorter. <laughs> Yes, and, it, it uh, is It is not uncommon for you to need to make a full Windsor knot in your tie to make sure that you have the right length of material. And it's not going down past my crotch or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so it does still surprise me to be just some guy. I often think about how easy that is for me and, and a lot of times for other female to male persons transitioning because I know that it's not that way from the other side. For the women, it's not easy because they're getting a, a, I would say double whammy, but there's more parts to it than that. They are losing privilege of safety, respect, lots of things. And, and that whole judgment of how women look comes down on them. And they've suffered the consequences of whatever testosterone has already done to them. Many, many say testosterone poisoning from that side. Mm-hmm. And that can make it very hard for them to be just some gal. Yeah. So um, I, I think about that. Even even when they are, like the no, the discussions we've had recently about feminism and male privilege, I've been doing a lot of reading pursuant to those and also just as an educator looking at the ways that men and women and young people are treated differently in the educational system based on gender. And there's this understanding that male is neutral. The understanding of mankind being everybody, but womankind being 51% of everybody. Yeah. And so when someone is moving away from what is considered to be the neutral or the default, that it's natural for people to take a second look no matter what. And that second look is where a lot of the risk happens. It's messed up. But yeah. I didn't even need to say it, but it's true. Probably 90% of the people there would have read you as a man who was assigned female, but they're not going to be like Laverne said, that's a man. They're not going to be like, that's a girl. Yeah. They're just like, okay, he's cool. Yeah. He's not a girl. He is not a girl. He's one of those other guys. They knew what to do with the concept of you just being one of those other kind of guys. Yeah. It was more, I, I knew that going into this event that it would be more clear to most people that I was a trans guy. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, in most situations, not the most comfortable place to be. No, it's but, not. If you but can... in the queer space, it was fine. Yes. In most of mainstream culture, if you are read as trans, that's still not something that has quite so absorbed into the cultural mainstream that people can just acknowledge it, assimilate it, and move on with whatever else was the topic at hand or the task at hand. Your transness, they get mentally or emotionally hijacked by it. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen there. But to people who were not going to that event, like the guy in the parking garage, I was just some guy. You were just some guy. And what happened with the guy in the parking garage? Well, it was funny to me. I, I drove in the parking garage and I thought I saw one of those things where you get a ticket so you could go put it in your window. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. 
And so I put the car there and I got out to go look for it. And I went by the elevators and I thought it's probably way up on top or some ridiculous thing because they have a segregated parking area or whatever. And I turned around, I saw a maintenance guy driving through. So I just pointed at him and he stopped, Mm -hmm. rolled down his window to see see what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Because when you point at the guy and he stops and he's, you're pointing at him for a reason. He yeah. wants to find out what that reason is. And he stops and he to sees what this guy wants. Because you're just some guy. This guy being me. Yes. And I say, hey, where do you get a ticket to, for the parking? And he says, on the top floor. And I said, okay. And it, so it was just this exchange. And this is what most of my week is like mm-hmm. at work to most people I interact with, except the people who knew me before transition. Mm-hmm. I am just some guy. Isn't that awesome? It is, but it was also really awesome to be myself in the queer space. Yes. And be like, yeah, I'm some guy, but I'm a trans guy because that is part of my identity. Yes. I'm not ever expecting to be stealth. I'm expecting to fly low in some areas out of necessity. Yes. However, I enjoyed that I could just be myself and really be who I was, which is some guy who's a trans guy. Yes. And And it not be a problem. I didn't have to worry. How many people are here? What type are they? Who will this be a problem for? How many is that? What type of problem will it be? Etc. how much of my personal effort and energy is going to have to be directed into mitigating the potential problems of other people not being to assimilate who I am? There's a type of safety math that goes on for trans people. (laughs) Safety math. Yes. Everybody put at your hands. Do the safety math. (laughs) It's not that fun. Damn it. I know. And unlike a lot of math, it depends on your location. Yeah. There's only some math that depends on your location, and it's not directly correlated to this type of math. You're, you're not talking about the math of like the curvature of the earth that depends on, you know, your location. And when, it's greater curvature at the at the equator than it is at the poles. We're and not that. talking about what longitude and latitude are you at and what direction do you want the compass to uh, no. provide for you. No. No, we're talking about what sociocultural gathering and placement have you found yourself in and what is the cultural expectation of your presence there. Yes. And in this case, they look at you, they see a short guy with a patchy beard and a tall, broad-shouldered wife, Mm -hmm. and they automatically have a certain set of assumptions, but none of them are negative. Right. They see you for what you are. And they see us for who we are. And they're just like, okay, I get this person. I connect with a portion of their story that can be read on their presentation. And they don't get hijacked by it. Nice. It's so great. Yeah. But it it does still surprise me. I I know I'm a guy, right? (laughs) And finally, everybody else does too. But after numerous decades of not being seen as such, it's just still kind of nuts. What was funny is I was having that thing again where women are looking at you and acting different towards you. Okay. I notice it. I always, I don't know if I always notice, but when I notice it, I always think, really? And then I scan the surroundings of other things that are happening and other interactions and try to verify that to myself. Right. My own reality of what's happening. Yeah. Is this happening? And how do I know that's happening? Because I've just noticed it. Yes. So it was one of those kind of things. Uh-huh. And it was like she was giving people stuff and then she was bringing it over to your cycle and just, you know, talking to people and stuff. But she'd bring my towel over to the to the cycle and hang it up and talk to me. <laughs> and looking right at me and saying, my name is so-and-so, what's your name? And, and then bringing me something else. And, and I'd say, thank you. And she'd say, you're welcome. <laughs> Look right at me. 
And I'm just like, this is so weird. And then I, so then I watched her go to the next person and she gives the lady a towel, like, and goes to the next one and gives them a towel, you know, like. Yeah, not, other, not, not initiating conversation, just sort of. Well, she was Here's talking to them, but she wasn't making any eye contact with them. Right. She was talking to like one lady across the room by like, giving another one a towel and. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And I just thought, that is so weird. You're a man. It was weird because I'm a man. Yes. Yes. Girls so. are weird about men. They are. I don't know why. And I notice it now that they notice I'm a man. I was a man before and I noticed them. And it has gotten a little worse. I did notice that last night at the at the class too. I was, I was looking around the room after that and I was thinking, okay. So I was just kind of assessing who else is in this room and how are they behaving? So yeah, that was the gym last night. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and guys are funny in the gym. Guys are still very funny in the gym. Gym, you How know? so? I'm getting, I come in back in from the class to get dressed and there's guys in there and a guy's leaving and he's walking past his friend and she's, Hey, big K, how's it going? <laughs> he's like, good T, how's it going with you? Guys are, guys are funny. They are. They are funny. Women are funny. Guys are funny. <laughs> we are somewhere almost there. I'm, I'm closer than you are to one end than the other, but yes, it's still very bizarre to me. Yes. Yeah. It still can surprise me. My presentation now rings true to me, and it seems to ring true to other people that we know that are close to us. And it rings true to the old men in the drugstore. It does. Old (laughs) guys talk to me now. This is crazy. Guys in general talk to me. Yeah. Like you'll you'll just I'm standing in line waiting to get child number two's prescription, and an old guy walks up to go get in line, and he just talks to me. Mm -hmm. The women are not talking to me, which is fine. I'm okay with that, really. Did they talk to you before? Sometimes, yeah. Tried to see you as one of their own or? I think so. Yeah. That was my impression. And now the guys talk to me because mm-hmm. they, I guess, see me as one of their own and they just talk to me. Yeah. Hey, there's a guy and there's all these women standing here and I'll talk to him. Yes. And so they talk to me, which extroverts is fine. Extroverts do that. I don't know uh, anything about being an extrovert because I'm not one, but I suppose they would. Maybe that's why people are talking. I'm an introvert and I, I would talk to somebody, but it would be something very brief, like mm-hmm. something about the empty box of insulin pen needles that he was standing there holding. Right. You know, but he was actually doing more of the talking. But And you said this has happened before, like guys just talk to you. They do. They talk to me. I'm trying to think of more examples, but I'm usually out in a store or someplace in public. Where else would I be? Because it's me and you at the house here. So There, there aren't other uh, random strange men in our house to no. walk up to you and start talking. No. no, but I mean like at work or something. Right. Guys will just talk to me. That's kind of great. It is because before it was noticeable to me, I think the most noticeable when I started wearing a binder, that it was easier for guys to just talk to me mm-hmm. without that distraction of boobs are distracting. It reminds me of the time that you went out with another mom from number two child's daycare out on their boat. And the women were on one end and the men were on the other and you didn't want to talk to the women and the men couldn't quite wrap their heads at first around the fact that you were standing there. They couldn't, they couldn't deal with me. They, they kind of almost tried to, but not really. And that wouldn't be the case now. They would talk to me now. They would. Yeah. They would. Because I, I, I know my background and, and I like my background as a queer person. And I do think that now, I feel more settled in after four years and I'm not going through this amount of changes that adolescent part of it where you're trying to just deal with yourself, that I'm ready to be more out as a trans guy. And I think that that also is important because of our current climate. Political climate? Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking global warming is not going to be remedied by your level of disclosure. But yes, I understand now. Well, indirectly, it could be. Let's go talk to Peterson Toscano. <laughs> right? We should. We should go talk to him. Uh, someday. We've, we've already got a handful of guest interviews in the planning stages, so we'll get there. Okay. I hope they pan out. Me too. Yeah. I think that is the best way to interact with other people who don't have understandings. Not everybody's going to learn. Some of them are going to be Lord Sutcliffe or whatever his name was. Oh my gosh. Perfect example. Yes, our Doctor Who references, but... Your story would move anyone with an ounce of compassion. I guess it's not your lucky day. That's your your quote from the... Well, it's a paraphrase. Anyway. Paraphrase, yeah, of, of what tells the doctor. But anyhow... Yes, a lot of people are not going to hear it, but unless you put yourself out there and you, as a class-privileged white guy... Yeah. ...have the most likelihood out of anybody of being heard, and like Harvey Milk said, you have to be out if it's at all possible. So I, I think I'm in a place where I can use that... I hope to an advantage for many of us. Yeah. As soon as I'm done being so darn sick. Here's hoping. Mm-hmm. You seem to be more on the mend than you were a day or so ago. You know, food really helps. Now that you can actually put it into your body because your intestines aren't trying to kill you, yeah. It, it makes a difference when you can have the food and use it and, and you still get to live. Yeah, this is true. So is that it for now, then? That better be it, because we don't have time for anything else. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. your swallow mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me laugh if your muscles in your throat got thick like that you'd find it hard too of course with the music I'm background familiar you... with what goes where and how to fix it yeah it would take you practice and that's not what you need you to haven't... devote your time and energy to right now well and you haven't had any way of explaining to me what to practice mm-hmm no. Okay. No. If nothing better happens, one of those exchanges will become a blooper at the end. Okay. Ha 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 ha!